on. Welcome, dear listener, to another Geeky on Sportscast. It has been a while since we've last been around, uh, but you know what? We're you know we're professionals. You know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we need, need, we need vac- it's paid vacation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, the best journalists they get some time off. So uh, we we took some time off just to you know better ourselves and get things you know sorted but now we're back and we're we're happy and we're we're ready to talk about sports so um let's dive right into this i mean it was well let's not forget the olympics just happened phenomenal performance by everyone it was so exciting and paralympics as well um i I watched a lot of the blind soccer oh my goodness it is absolutely fun to watch so yeah a lot of fun there. Um, we sh- we should touch on the women's uh, team that did win gold. Um, that was unbelievable. They they defied the odds. I, I think everyone had them out in the quarterfinals against Brazil. Um, the fact that they beat them in pens to you know four three I believe in pens to mm-hmm. then go on to beat the states semis. You know, <laughs> clutch penalty by Jesse Fleming, and then wow finals against sweden i there, there were so many goal scoring opportunities i don't know how no one scored um or just i don't know how more goals didn't happen yeah. and then of, of course the penalty shootout that was absolutely unbelievable yeah. yeah beyond unbelievable um i think there was what seven or eight shooters and we scored three goals so uh yeah, I went. I think it was the sixth shot, either the sixth or the it was seventh. seventh. Shot. It was the seventh. I know there were there were more saves okay. than the word goals. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just to recap this pod, like today's gonna be a big uh Canada soccer pod, and and obviously mm-hmm. we're starting off with the women who you know did something that you know you ask any Canadian soccer fan 10 years ago would have been unheard of and impossible that they get two back-to-back bronze medals. Yeah, obviously. Well, just making it to the first bronze medal game that was, was beyond huge, anyone's huge thought. thing. Like 2012, yeah. that was really the only kind of bright spot of that Olympics for Canada, and obviously kind of changed the way women's soccer was seen in the country. And it kind of perfectly led up to the 2015 World Cup. And although Canada lost in the quarters, and and I guess had a, you know, what it was disappointing in the end that they didn't go farther. It really led up to that, and Christine Sinclair became this. Canadian icon and Canadian, you know, athlete icon, I guess is, you know, she's on the same level as Wickenheiser. Exactly. And now to just come into this tournament, the the national team had been a bit in flux. They had just got a new coach, Bev Priestman. I think I said, yeah, I said that the the right way and hadn't done very well at the 2019 world cup, hadn't been scoring. And to start the tournament, they, they, had done they they started all right they played japan went up and conceded a late goal um again labe made a penalty save after she had already got hurt that or she got hurt in a collision that was called a foul and mm-hmm. um then actually made the save and then left and then they played a chili team who wasn't isn't a very isn't ranked very uh, high and kind of sneaked out a 2-1 win and then they played the 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 brits and a very good team and and they probably should have won again, conceded a late goal. And then, so at that point, you kind of think, well, they probably should, you know, do better and um, just kind of rode the wave, played really good defensive football. And obviously we'll talk about players we really enjoyed, but 
Um, I think it's really going to change Can Canadian women's soccer and I think men's soccer as well, but uh, just awesome. And Sinclair really needed that gold medal. And I yeah. think that really puts her on a pedestal of, you know, um, world soccer players just as one of the greatest of all time. I mean, not that she wasn't before. She has the, she has the most international goals amongst men and women together. So that's, yeah. that's phenomenal. Exactly. So uh, I just ask you what, you know, I know you're not, you weren't as familiar with the women's team maybe as I was going into the Olympics, but what were the kind of players you enjoyed to watch uh, throughout? <laughs> well, I don't think I can, I mean, I have to throw in the, the Chelsea player, Jesse Fleming. I mean, she was absolutely clutch on so many penalty kicks. I think she scored what three or four penalty kick goals throughout the tournament. At least so, two. And maybe I think she, she, she scored against the Americans. She scored against the Brazilians. No, uh, she, she scored against the Swedes in the penalty shootouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Count the but, penalty shootout. She made. She went like four out of four. I don't yeah. think she had a penalty in the in the uh, in the round robin. But um, mm. yeah, she was insane, and she's a really good player. Yeah, she was great in the midfield. I thought her, she has a great touch and kind of a little kind of not a six necessarily, but. A really, really good player, and obviously yeah. we can talk about Labe, who just was. Yeah, the the defense minister of Canada is that <laughs> that was her new role. Exactly, and and just the penalty saves, and you know, obviously I mentioned earlier the one when she got hurt and in the in the first game of the competition of the Olympics, and and then obviously the the pen saves in the final and against Brazil from when they were down in the penalty shootout, and then coming back because of her big saves. It's just um, awesome to watch and. I think she just signed for PSG, if I'm not mistaken. So that's kind of a really cool Big thing. News, for she'll her. be joining uh, Jordan Hoytema. Exactly, and she's you know she's I think older, like 34 or something. So it's kind of a nice little break at probably at the end of her career. Although goalies, you know, get One, bit, two but. players that I would like to mention, or I mean, really, it's the entire back line of this Canada team. I think. They conceded what one goal to Chileans, one goal to Japan, one goal to um, the Brits, and then none to the U.S., none to the Brazilians, and, and one, then what was one, it? One goal to the Swedes. Yeah, like only one they goal. they shut everything down. And for me, one of the players. I mean, everyone knows Buchanan, and just like um, she was, she was amazing. Um, but I would like to say Vanessa Gilles Gilles. I, I you know, I, yeah. I don't know if it's a French name or Anglophone name. It's, you know, I think she's from Ottawa what, too. Pardon? She's from Ottawa too. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, but she she was outstanding. Um, I I just thought like she's a no nonsense defender, quite literally, very tough, much bigger big body, than like in a good way, like just yeah. like a a truck out there. Just you can't, yeah. you're just gonna get crushed. But no, she was amazing. Um, I completely agree. I thought the backline was really really good. Um, and obviously and Buchanan plays for a really, really good team in Lyon that's won like the Champions League a bunch of times, but they're the best women's team around. Yeah, but Gillies was just phenomenal and um, kind of came like a meteoric rise. So um, mm. I thought everyone on the team really played well. And um, obviously Grosso had the you know, yeah. really cool moment at the end. I, I want to actually shout out Sinclair a bit because she actually, you know, she scored a goal in the first game, but also, you know, the penalty against Sweden was her that she caused, right? Even though she didn't go up and take it. So um, even at the, her old age at 38, you know, was still a real big contributor. Like, you know, it's not 
what it was like in 2012, but um, it wasn't 38 like... young, 38 young. Exactly. So um, yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to the Canadian women's team. Very proud of them. And we can't wait to see what you guys or what you all have uh, coming forward in the coming years and for the next women's world cup. Win a world cup, man. Let's win a world yeah, cup. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's two beat. There mm-hmm. we go. Uh, all right. Shifting focus to the Canadian men's national team. Uh, this was a, I mean, I think we can agree this was a slow start, but ended off really big for Canada. Um, one, one tie against Honduras. I think we were both expecting a much better result for the team, uh, but then draw one, one against the United States. That was outstanding they played amazing defensively although there were times where you know it was a little suspect you know a lot of legs dangling around but that got the job done um and and there were times where we could have gone that lead and won the game and then of course uh the two early goals against el salvador that really put us pushed us forward and then we finished off three nil um i think that was a very very dirty game i think we can touch on that a bit later but um starting with honduras because i i believe you if you watched the game um Mm. i didn't have internet so i wasn't able to um but yeah like what went wrong against honduras and what needs to change keep in mind we do play them at home well we do play them away at the at the uh honduran stadium Mm. so what do we need to do to perhaps get a victory there? Uh, I mean, the States just went in there and, and, and after, you know, I mean, I won't get into that, but they did win convincingly in the end, albeit four one Honduras is probably other than Mexico, the hardest place to play just because um, of the fans and the atmosphere and everything. And obviously if you're a, if you're a Canadian soccer fan for not even too long, you'll remember the shellacking in 2012, uh, eight one and obviously we also lost to them that basically kicked them out two one in 2016 but uh just going on the game itself they they played um buchanan as a as a left back in 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 or as a left wing back in spurts and brought davies off to the right for about 10 20 minutes um in that honduras game after like a pretty good start for maybe the first 10 and it really we just didn't know what to do defensively um we weren't as comfortable in possession and defending and transition. And that's what led to the silly tackle by Buchanan that led to the penalty. And, and, and Honduras had had other chances. It wasn't just that uh, run into the box that Buchanan lost his man and made a, a bad challenge. So I think maybe just keeping Davies on the left and, and Buchanan on, on the right as a either wing back or, or wingers themselves. Uh, other than that, Herdman does like to change his tactics um throughout uh, throughout a match and and he did that against the states where he went from back five to back four and and changed it up a little bit i i personally think a back five is probably a bit better against any team where you think you're not going to have the possession as well as you might against the el salvador at home but i think it just was a shaky start and in the second half they completely dominated um honduras had a couple chances but it should have been two one. So I, I I don't think it's a bad point to lose, but in retrospect, getting the point in the U S I think it kind of makes up for it. Um, Mm. Obviously you still in net in, you know, net points, you still lose one, but overall, I think it's a really good week for Canada. And um, I think if they get these kind of weeks 
in the next couple windows together four or five points consistently, I think they have a really, really good chance of making. Uh, and there should be up. some opportunities where we can even get like seven points in a week. Yeah. And that would be fabulous. Yeah. I think, you know, the good thing kind of with the schedule is that they play the States at away and in the first game in the next uh, window, they play Mexico at the Azteca. So those are probably the two, you know, least likely to get a result games in the whole group. Right. And And you want to get them over with and you get them over with. And um, so I think it's going to be, I think it kind of worked out their way. And uh, I mean, I think you just take it each window, each game at a time, really, because, but at the same time, if you look at the group, they're tied for second. A lot of teams have not won a game yet. You know um, I don't think Panama is going to stay up at the top of the, table for for very long so yeah they are fourth right now and no but i just mean they have five points they have the same yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no no i'm just i'm just saying yeah yeah so yeah. um yeah i mean i don't know what your thoughts are on kind of what canada's done after the first week or you can touch upon the canada usa game but yeah um, i mean canada usa i mean this was <laughs> crazy pack stadium in nashville maybe all of you know 17 canadian fans in that stand perhaps yeah um it was loud it was i mean some of the chants were pretty like dumb we we don't have the same culture as the as europe or you know asia or uh you know the middle east or africa has but yeah we're, we're building it up we're, we're, we're loud where we can be a belligerent at times but um no it, it was a fantastic game i thought there were certainly some early chances where kyle laren could have you know just guided the ball into the net but he just whiffed he Mm -hmm. he whiffed on some great opportunities uh just handed out by davies um who was was a little pardon me oh i was just gonna say davies was the best player on the pitch by a mile oh yeah oh yeah uh, I mean, make no doubt about it. Um, but then all that being said, the United States were missing a few key players in Gio Reyna, in Weston McKenney. Um, So you, you need to take that into account. But, I mean, you you take the result that you're given and you'll take that. I mean, they were fantastic on the back end. No one really was, I mean, other than Kennedy. I thought Kennedy had a pretty poor game, but... Um, I'm going to talk about him a bit later because I, I do think you need to give him more of a chance just because I think in general, he's he in theory should be one of our better defenders. He's playing against probably the best competition. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like. Vittoria plays on a decent team in, in Portugal um, in the in like in the first. Yeah. Division, but that's but, not. But he's older. He's yeah, what, yeah. 35. So yeah. there's certain times where, you know, you're going to need to play him, but you can't play him three games in a row. Yeah. no, no. Um, And it seems like he only plays in a back four. I, I don't recall seeing him much in a back three. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but no, I, you're, I, I think you're a bit mistaken. I think it's just the, the way Canada plays. It doesn't look like a back five even though it is like in the game against El Salvador they were playing a back five but Larea was like a weird wing back like you okay. know um, and then they sometimes switch it where Larea goes back to being a right back and and stuff like that so uh, okay. but yeah no I I mean the thing with Vittoria is that is he doesn't have any pace so um, yeah and that's the issue like you, you can't put him and Atiba in the same squad if we don't expect to control the ball for, you know, the majority of the time. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or even like Kennedy, who's not slow, but like you kind of need a, a more pacey kind of Henry or, or Miller kind of. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've been quite disappointed in Miller. I mean, I, I didn't have high expectations, but I, I really haven't really liked his game. Um, a little I've, reckless I've, at times. Yeah. I've liked Henry though. I thought he's played very well been, you know, he, He's, he's known for having kind of a shocker in him, but I thought against the States, he was really phenomenal, really played well. And um, I think I'd give him more of a chance uh, to play. And I mean, there's someone else that I really like on the back end, but I'll talk about him a bit later. But uh, yeah, I, I thought the States, the performance against the States was awesome. Again, you kind of feel like they definitely could have scored another one, but I think you can't complain too much. Um, yeah, one one side of the table, you know, it's a lost opportunity, but at the other side, who was expecting us to get a point? So you're you're grateful that that point came in, and you're going to use that, and we just build on this for the next, you know, next international break, and and see how well we can do. Um, Canada versus El Salvador, that was a three nothing win, two quick goals by I believe it was Jonathan David and Atiba Hutchinson. Yep. Um, so really good. A lot of it started with uh, our wingbacks coming up and mm. putting pressure. Um, I think that's also the game where we learned you got to put Buchanan in the front and yeah. you don't yeah. don't put him as a wingback, don't put him as a right back or anything like that. Because um, he is very good going forward. He's, uh, he, he, yeah, no, continue. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought he was the man of the match. Like he every time he had the ball, he, you know, El Salvador defenders were just coming back. They'd have a double, not a double team, but have two men track back. Um, obviously he had a goal and an assist. Like he was definitely just, he just was really, really, really um, effective. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the thing, you know, we'll talk about maybe Davies a bit later, but that's the kind of players that we need that if a Davies or a David or a Laren is out who else is playing and, and we have more depth than we've ever had before. And um, I really love Buchanan and I really rate him and uh, I hope he does well in club Bruges in, uh, in the fall or in the, in the new year. Well, we'll see him uh, for the champions league. That should be a lot of fun. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they are in it, I believe. Oh, yeah, but but they, they might be out by then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Cause that's he's true. still playing for new England revolution until the season ends, which is like November. So it's, yeah. Probably yeah. unlikely. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw on a little bit of shade here. So this is a home game in Toronto, BMO Field. Why the heck are there more El Salvadorian fans than Canadian fans at the stadium? It, it literally felt like a Sens game when they're playing the Leafs or Habs at home. Like, it is not a home hey, game. I got, I'm going to see the Sens versus Leafs October 14th with my buddy Thomas, and we're going to be Sens fans. So there's going to be Sens fans at that game. There'll be there's, two. Yeah, for for every two. one sense fan, there's uh, like three no, or four. But in reality, to to answer your kind of question, I think that's the problem. We don't have the culture yet, and I think it's coming, like for sure. And I mean, I don't know if there was more El Salvadorian fans, but they were showing up early. They were being loud um, compared to we only really had the one end that was quite loud with the kind of Canadian fans. So I think yeah. that's what we need to change is especially you know, in a city like Toronto or Montreal, like these big metropolitans, which most of the games will be played at, you have to have get us out. And um, I know I'm going to make my part to, to come out uh, sometime, hopefully, if it's at BMO Field. And I think the next game they play against Panama is. But um, I think definitely it, it's something 
problematic and it's always kind of been there because of the way Canada is just it's a nation yeah. of immigrants other than indigenous people so um yeah it's just something that needs to change but I think it will I think it will I think it might always kind of be there but this team's been in the dark ages forever and it's kind of coming out and it's a bad time with COVID and everything. So, yeah, people think- are definitely hesitant to come out for games, but I mean, the, the, the players did the talking and they, they, they made sure the El Salvadorian fans were uh, quiet and after I will, the first uh, 10 minutes. And I will say when they scored it, like the, you could tell the crowd was rocking. It wasn't. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like, it felt like, you know the same, but yeah, but 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 the stands. I mean, you you saw more of a sea of blue than yeah. a sea of red, and, and that that to me want. is a little worrisome. And way more than you'd want, right? You don't yeah. want to feel like it's you're in Canada, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, as we mentioned before, this was a very dirty affair. Um, why didn't we see any cards? I know the reason why VAR wasn't in use is because certain stadiums don't have the necessary technology to have VAR, which to me sounds rather, well, I mean, not BS, but surprising. What kind of technologies would you need that are so specific that you couldn't have VAR? I mean, I think it's just like, I'm not trying to, you know, hate on any kind of country that's in the in the um in the octagon remaining but if you're in a place like panama el salvador honduras they're not very you know prosperous countries and and nor do they have very kind of Mm. prominent very you know new stadiums with a lot of technology right um and that's actually partly why they're so successful it's kind of a you know old school environment the pitch isn't that good stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I, I think they should have found a way to have VAR. Um, but then again, I, I, CONCACAF, they just rough the game so much different stuff that would be red cards. Even if the ref sees it are either not a call or, a, you know, barely. It's more level. like South American football. Yeah. Right. And you can get away with a lot. Like, and, and, you know, I think in the last game against El Salvador, you know, El Salvador probably could have been down to 10 men quite early in the game. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they stepped there. on Buchanan and they need Buchanan need in the face. Um, they, when Buchanan was jumping for the ball, the El Salvadorian defender studs up, just kicked them in the calf. I mean, yeah. No, there, I, there are several opportunities for this. To I happen. agree, and the Concacaf refs are really, you know, atrocious. And uh, I will say, I'm a bit worried when we go to a place like Honduras or El Salvador, Panama. Um, how that kind of, you know, if we can kind of, I hope we the refs don't screw us over with a bad penalty call or a stupid red that, you know, is BS. But uh, um, I'm I'm glad Buchanan didn't. I mean, he got a yellow for retaliatory. Retaliate, I can't say. Uh, retaliatory. Yeah, retaliatory. Yeah. He he touched him, and he just fell to the ground. Yeah. Slight push, slight push. Yeah. I will admit. So, but after getting kneed in the head, so uh, I just yeah. um, I I think it's just a, a product of Concacaf and and being just a bad place to you know this isn't Europe and it's not the refereeing like that, but but uh, surely the like FA realizes this and they show the videos and shouldn't 
the referees beyond FIFA isn't there to make it the best you know they're also a money grab and if you put in var that's a lot of money you're spending that you don't have to um so, no, no, but it's not even VAR, just like showing the video after the game and showing the refs. Okay, like you missed four like blatant opportunities to Yeah, yeah I guess something. that's true. Um yeah, I mean I'm not a you know, I don't know it that well, truthfully, but hmm. I don't disagree with your point. Should it be better? Should the refing be, you know, more accountable? Um, should they just be better in general? Yes, but um, I think for the most part in the games, though, they're not in like the penalties that were called and or not called. Like they sometimes miss penalties, but they rarely get a penalty wrong, um, which I'd rather have, uh, if that makes any sense, as bad as it sounds. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just I think you, I think you just have to get accustomed to it. And um, I think they'll be OK. They just have to keep their nerve when they get, you know two feet the, yeah yeah <laughs> Alrighty. so if listeners remember several months ago when we first did our i don't know if it was our first or second podcast but it one of we like did do first. it was our first no no it was one of our first couple yeah mind. yeah yeah but we, we we threw out our you know starting 11 for canada and i think we can make some you know changes to that Mm-hmm. Um, or at least based on are, what we are seen. we sorry I, I i wasn't clear about this are we making our starting 11 right no, now no, no, just just yeah. Show, just yeah yeah, yeah 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 no just just yeah free-flowing um mm-hmm. i think borean sticks in net um uh, can i can i take a second just to talk about borean yeah uh, i thought he does your tactic uh, well, yes, he, he does the, the thing of uh, holding on to the ball with your feet and just waste time wasting. But I was which I love. Um, yeah. But what I was going to say is I, I thought Cripo in, in the uh, in the Gold Cup was just like outstanding. And, and, and Borean, if you go back a couple of years, even this year in the uh, the the games when they played Bermuda, I think it was Bermuda or one of those teams. He gave up a pretty bad a soft goal. goal, yeah. And he he's done that before against Haiti, against yep. you know, bad touches with his feet, leading to kind of easy chance goals. So, um, I thought Cripo might be kind of a guy you'd want to you know put in at least at sea. Uh, maybe not initially, but if Borian made any kind of mistake, and I think at this point, um, he's been phenomenal. Just like I mean, he's made he made a really nice save against Honduras that hit the post in the second half that would have made it two one and um, made some nice saves against the states. But and obviously, I've really liked the way he communicates. He he yells a lot, which yeah um, is kind of like me when I played. But uh, I think he's a really really big locker room presence, big personality, knows the region, is a veteran, and I think they really need that. And um, I think he's been awesome, even though I wouldn't say he's kind of stole a game or anything like that um just the communication in the air i thought he's been really good uh with coming out for crosses and i just i've really really liked him and um the good thing is we have a backup who i think would be good um yeah but uh i'm really i've been really happy with the way he played but um yeah, yeah. well and that's the thing right like I- i'm not convinced he's playing necessarily because on paper he's a better goalie than Crepo. Um, maybe he's slightly better. He does play in Europe, so you got to take that into account. But he plays in 
Serbia, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he I plays both. on the best team there that's made yeah. the Champions League a couple times, but it's Yeah, not- they're in the Europa League right now, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my, my point being, he's definitely there for the leadership that he offers and, and the count, well, not counseling, but just, you know, being an effective voice and dictating what needs to happen, very similar to what Estacchio does. Yeah. Um, and there's actually an athletic article about Estacchio. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, so readers check that out. Okay. Uh, it is titled, he's a coach on the field and he's only 24. Stephen Estacchio, <laughs> the midfielder good. vital to Canada's, Canada's World Cup hopes. So, you know, what? we're not the only people taking notice on this. Um, but yeah, I know um, both are, are very important in that regard do you want to touch a bit upon uh, Ustakio and how well he's played in the? Yeah, the- yeah. I, I'm going to start off with the back end though, and then then go towards that. But, um, but yeah, like starting in the back, I, I guess left back Larea has been pretty solid for the most part. There's I- a couple of times where he he makes a couple mistakes, he goes too far forward a bit, but it, it's all right to make those mistakes if you have someone that can you know sweep in. As and he's, and he's also spacey to enough to recover. It's not yeah. like getting blown by and completely out of the play. Um, but yeah, yeah. Although I after three that, games, you could see that he was uh, laboring a little bit. But he, like, think about the assist on the uh, Hutchinson goal. Like yeah. that was phenomenal. Great turn. He did a lot of those in that game yesterday. And, and Azorio had a good turn there as well before that goal. Exactly. And um, I just thought Larea has been really good. I think he's replaceable to an extent, but I thought he's been absolutely like a stud. I'd yeah. put him in the team every day of the week. Who would uh, you replace him with? That I think it. that's the problem is I don't really know who you replace him with. I guess you could maybe play Johnson as a right back because that's kind of the position he plays. Um, the problem is then you're playing a four at the back, right? And instead of Johnson as in a, in a three. So um, yeah, he's kind of a player that's not, I think you could I don't know, probably Johnston, um, maybe Buchanan as a wing back, and then you put – I mean, it's not ideal. Or Adekube. Uh, Adekube, I mean, that's the thing is he's more of a left back, but I guess you could play yeah. him on the right. Um, I think that's a position that uh, I think him and Johnston are really pretty – not irreplaceable, but you lose those guys in the back end – it's, it's really tough. I don't know who really replaces them directly. Yeah. While with the center backs, we, we don't have a stud, but we have a couple people that you can interchange, right? We played four center backs in the – or th- five. Uh, I guess five, but, you know, yeah. the, the Vittoria, Henry, Miller, uh, Kennedy are kind of all interchangeable. Um, yeah. and, and obviously, uh, I, I include Johnston as a mainstay. I don't know who replaces him. So yeah, um, and then that's also a good thing about Johnston. He he's also very versatile. He can also play right back. Um, yeah, and you know he can go in either roles. Now he's a no nonsense defender. He's always going to go in for the tackle. He's not great at moving the ball forward. So you, I don't think you'd want him to be in a right wing back situation he's pacey enough to make runs in but yeah i I agree he's he he's not phenomenal on the ball he's he's much better further back yeah um (laughs) but yeah so uh, but definitely he should be starting um henry's pretty commanding in the air he he played pretty smart as a you know the middle center back 
I thought he was pretty good for the most part. I thought he was great against like the goal that they gave up was not his fault. It was Kennedy's. Um, and yeah, so yeah. I, I thought he was, I thought he was really good and he's not the greatest on the ball, but, um, but I thought he, I thought he, I thought he played really well. Yeah. Uh, speaking about Kennedy, um, I do think we need to give him more opportunities. I, I think this was his what third game with Canada, fourth game with Canada yeah. most, He's still learning the room. He's still, you know, getting used to the players around him. So there's going to be a lack of chemistry built, or there's going to be a lack of built chemistry, uh, mm-hmm. which comes over time. Um, he's not that old. I think he's what twenty four. I, I think around that, that age. Yes. Yeah, Three I'm gonna laugh if he's like 27. No, he's uh, not. I, I googled it recently. Don't worry, you're not. Yeah, wrong. but I mean, yes, he had a couple of mistakes against the U.S., but I think for the future he could be much better. And then also, he's. He, I mean, as mentioned before, he does play in Germany, and that's a team that looks like they might get promoted to the Bundesliga. So mm-hmm. if they do, I mean, he's a big part of that. So yeah, I, I think you give him the opportunity to play. Not. Pardon me? He starts the games and for that team. He's not yeah, a, he starts yeah. for Riggensburg. Yeah. yeah. So so he, he, he is good. Um, just a bad game, which would happen to everyone. I mean, Buchanan with the poor opportunities in the first game against Honduras. Uh, although I don't know if he was bad for the entire game or just that one time, but you know, everyone has a howler in them. Um, and looking at our back line, that is you know, that happens more often than we'd like it to. Yeah, um, yeah I think Vittorio is pretty good. Uh, it's usually consistent, but his age does worry me. Um, beyond that, I mean, Kamal Miller is all right. Uh, Kennedy, you got to play a bit more. Johnston, I think, is a mainstay. And Henry, I think, not a mainstay yet, but uh, definitely can, you know, go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in the right, you got to play. I mean, if if we do end up doing a, a four at the back, you got to stick with Alistair Johnson as a right back because I think he's one of the few people on the team that can actually hold it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, you I've, wanna... li- I've liked the three at the back with Johnston as just a you know, right sided yeah you know, um, center back, and then Larea as a right back, um, and then they sometimes put Larea on the left as well, um, and then have Davies as kind of a you know, left back. And then if he's out, then you can kind of interchange. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought um, I agree. I think Johnston was just so impressive to me defensively. Um, it's really smart, always in the right place. Great tackler, great at, you know, in transition, getting a tackle or, or even a, a foul, like a, you know, a tactical foul. Um, yeah. I, I really, really <laughs> liked him. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Ustakio, I don't – I love Hutchinson. I really like Kay, too, um, although I wouldn't say he's played the best in, in the three games, but he's still a good player. But I don't know who replaces Ustakio. Uh, he's just been f- absolutely phenomenal. Well, that's uh, the thing. No no one has what Ustakio provides. No, exactly. And obviously, we, you know, Davies is Davies, and um, – I think he's by far. I think, in my opinion, he's the best player in Concacaf. I, I don't. Herdman did say he was a crown jewel of the team. So yeah, I mean, it's he's not wrong. As much as I love David, um, who's probably the closest other player, maybe even Ustakio, they're not on the same level. Um, and uh, yeah, I think obviously David and Davies balled out the t- two games he played. 
gave up, set up the goal against the States, created the chance that led to the, the foul that led to the penalty for, for Canada in the first game. So, um, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. And, and, uh, I think what's great about this team now is with Laren being in good form, although he didn't miss a couple kind of easy, I, I think, you know, you should have scored against the States more than once. Um, he's played the best, you know, football of his life. David, after being pretty kind of not noticeable in the first two games, was great against El Salvador. Great header, beautiful goal, and then obviously basically set up the Buchanan goal with a really smart intercept. And that's the kind of player I really like because he just, you know, he's just so smart. So he just reads plays. He kind of will get a goal that the goalie kind of makes a save, but so no one – you think he's going to save it, but he still makes the run in and, and kind of nicks goals, kind of rebound goals. Like he's just a smart kind of number nine striker. And uh, yeah, I really like him. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, we see a little bit of uh, Jonathan David. I mean, those that are familiar with the Lille, he's very much the, um, you know, linchpin in that he brings up the ball. He, he plays with the midfielders. And then he passes it to Yilmaz. Or he, there's build-up play for Yilmaz, and Yilmaz is more of the poacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It, it'd be interesting to see if if that can be recreated with Kyle Laren and uh, and uh, Jonathan David. Um, but it, it, I mean, of course, one Kyle Laren needs to be more consistent in in terms of finishing those opportunities. But I mean. Uh, he got two goals in two yeah. games. Not gonna, no, no, he, I mean, he, but he's getting so many opportunities. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd ex- and some of them are are basically tap-ins. Like, yeah. I feel like most of the but goals... That's also, now, I also, I will give it to him. He was in the right place at the yeah. right time. Like, he's he's making the right runs. He's making the right... He's just, you know... I think we're just thinking of that one bad, bad miss against the States. But I yeah. think he's been in a good position. I no, just, he definitely has. It's just... I'm. I don't really see any like wonder goals no. from this team. It, it's more just build up play and hope that we can find an open route and just slide it in. Um, that's how we scored against the states. That's how we scored against El Salvador in the first the first goal. And I mean, not really the third goal, but uh, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think if you have Hoylet, do you want Hoylet and David, or do you want Hoylet and Laren? Because David isn't really the, you know, Markman. He's not like the point, the number, yeah. like the, the straight up number nine. Um, and Hoylet is good at, you know, passing around and building up that play. So it, it would kind of be like having two, you know, tens in that regard. Um, so it, it'll be interesting what to see what they do in terms of David Lair and, and Hoylet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I think the best, formation would be to you know double striker have probably david and laren together i think that's going to be the most pro not profitable but the most you know efficient i think i think the kind of good thing is i i agree i think you know you play your best 11 like let's say it's the world cup who are you playing um i'd play those two guys Mm. but at the same time i think you raise a, a good point is that they're probably not built to play together um laren and david i mean and I think with the congested or congested, uh, uh, yeah, I think I said the right word, um, schedule. Um, Definitely. Means, is. Yeah. The, the good part about it is that 
you you kind of are forced not to to rest a player per game right per match and that kind of allows you to play I think more of David by himself Laren by himself and sub them in and like that's what happened in in in, in this qualifying window they started both both of them started against Honduras and then one started each of the next two games and the other came off the bench other than Laren didn't against El Salvador apparently he was nursing a little injury but mm. uh I think that's kind of a good thing in a way is that they're so deep. Um, but also this window kind of makes it that you have a bit of a dilemma in the formation just because of different players and their styles. And it kind of will work out a bit better that you can match Hoylet with Laren and David with Azorio, for example, or Arfield if he comes back or whoever. So um, I think, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And I mean, of course, when you have Davies, and I think we're going to say it, we got to start playing Buchanan more on the right side. Um, when you have those two players there, they're going to be giving you um, not perhaps enough going forward because we need everyone to go forward in, in that regard, but th- they're going to give you a lot of opportunities to get that, you know, cross in or, or just, you know, they're going to give you the opportunity to score. Um It'll be also be interesting to see what happens with Cavallini and uh, Akinola. I, I believe that's his name, right? Akinola, well, Akinola tore his knee, so he yeah. So he, it'll be about a year before we see him but back. He might he might be back in the in the next like in the new year, maybe if it's. But I I, I doubt we see him unless we made the World Cup. I don't or next yeah. summer or something like that. But um, but in terms of going forward, we we do have four strikers and. Some of them are more, you know, build-up strikers, and some of them are more, uh, you know, target man strikers. Um, but when you have Davies and Buchanan on the wings delivering those balls, I mean, I, it looks like we're going to have more, you know, goal-scoring opportunities. Um, oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And and there's so much depth, especially kind of in the forward positions, that um, I think this team's really, really good and think about it like we're not even playing our field who can kind of do that too right so um and there's it does seem to be rumored that he'll probably come back at some point during the window do we do we know why he wasn't recalled um i think well i know why he stopped showing up for canada i think he kind of decided with steven jared at the helm um that they kind of wanted him to take a break from international football like the club kind of pressured him and um i think it sounds as though Herdman and his presser when before the uh, g- games last week kind of mentioned, you know, was asked like, is our field in the contention? And he said, well, well, you know, there's a lot more games to play. Like he'll kind of, he didn't say he'll play for us, but he's definitely going to have a look at him and stuff like that. So it's right. And he said that our field's willing to play for Canada. And I think there's something to be said, like, you know, look at the States where, at the gold cup, they play a bunch of MLS all-stars essentially um, and do very well, albeit they're not as talented. And then they bring the, all the European players and they're kind of a mess. And um, so I think not rewarding someone just because he's that much better. I think this team's deep enough that they can survive without him. Mm -hmm. And I think you shouldn't just throw him back into, you know, for him to start, for example, just because sure. Is he, really good yeah but um so is Tejon buchanan so is jonathan david so is kyle laren so is atiba right so uh yeah. i think i think we'll see him it sounds as though i'm i was actually a bit surprised i thought he, he wouldn't play again but 
Um, and I think that's another boost, right? There's going to be a window where David can't make it because COVID or he's injured or Davies or whoever, and we'll need more players. And uh, I think that's the great thing about the squad is that there's so much depth now um, that I think we can survive. Like look at us without Davies, we're fine against El Salvador. It wasn't even yeah. close. Uh, we'll have to see how we fare against other teams. No. Maybe it was just like a one-off, but um we, we have mentioned in the past, okay, center back's not the greatest, but I think we need to look at the center midfield position. Okay, alongside Estacchio, who do you play? I, th- I think Estacchio and Atiba were really solid together, but Atiba's 38, I believe, 39. Yeah, There's only so much he can do. He can't run around the pitch all the time. Um, you, We saw K together against the States. I mean, it was a smarter idea to play K t- with the Stacchio mm-hmm. because he's more able to run around and, you know, get in some tackles and whatnot. But I'm not convinced by our midfield uh, beyond the Stacchio to, you know, like, how are we going to get game? How are we going to win games in the midfield? I mean, I think, you know, I think it's also who you're playing in the competition, right? Um I think obviously Stacchio is by far like the best midfielder on the team. I don't think it's close. Yeah. Uh, I think Atiba is still a really good player. Same with K. I think he's a really good player. Like, so no, if I, we play against not the United States, if we play K against another team, say, I don't know, uh, Panama or Costa Rica, do you think he's going to have a more influential game there than he would against the States? Yeah, I think so. Like he's kind of a, you know, he's good enough on the ball. He's quite creative, has a good left foot. I think, I think, you know, I, I agree. I think we probably have a bit more options in the kind of wings to, you know, striker position. But I think if, if, if those three are healthy, um, you're mostly fine. It's more once if you, if you, if you're not playing a rotation of those three, like let's say you bring Sam Piet on, who I, I, I think is a good kind of, you know, shit disturber uh part of my french but um that's a i think that's a level down right so i think it's more do we have the depth rather than necessarily are they good enough um but um i thought all of them played fairly well i think atiba looked a bit kind of you could tell he lost a couple steps against honduras but um that's why you play a back five right so um yeah, I, I'm not too, too worried about it. More just if injuries or COVID or anything, who who kind of replaces those two or, or yeah. those three, but two of them uh, that Herdman likes to play. Yeah. All right. I think we've, we've pretty much capped off Canada. So let, let's look at the other main competitors in this, like, uh, well, eighth, eight uh, tier, well, round. Oh, I got you. And there you go. Um, All right. So a little disappointing for the States. Obviously, they tied. They drew against us. And then they also drew against their first team, um, El Salvador. Yeah. Um, They did come back and they beat the the Hondurans four to one. Uh, So a good end for them, but definitely disappointing. Um, But that works for our favor. Mexico ended up with seven points. it's, It's a little odd how they drew against panama but you know what panama man like it's hard to get points on the road in Concacaf. Yeah. like um it, that's i think the next step 
I'm not going to go back to Canada too much, but is how do we do against Costa Rica away? Like if we're tying those games, sure, would we love to win? But if we consistently get points, I think that would be great. Anyways, continue. Uh, Mexico, obviously, I mean, they're leading the table, which I I think we we both imagined they would or the States. Um, One team that is surprising us is Jamaica. One point out of three games. Um, This is a, a, you know, know, what the hell happened here? I mean, I think, I I mean, I'm not the biggest expert in Jamaican football, but I think you They've got they've recruited a bunch of guys. Ethan Pinnock, who I think plays for, I'm not sure, but is a Premier League player. Obviously, Michael Antonio, who's a really, really good Premier yeah. League player for West Ham, um, who kind of played sporadically in in the first window. Um, a couple other guys. They have a couple guys who play for Fulham and and who were a Premier League team now not. Uh, so they have a lot of good talent. It's just obviously Leon Bailey as well. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that most of the team hasn't played a lot together. They're bringing guys in and they've just looked sporadic. I think the loss to Panama is really bad. Like they. Yeah. Three, nothing loss. I mean, they, they only lost two one to Mexico. Yeah. Right. And then a, a tie against Costa Rica, they were down in the game and came back and it was away. So I think that's a kind of actually a good point for them, but you know, they've put themselves so far back already. Um, now, could they come back and make the world cup? Yeah, sure. I don't think it's impossible, but you know, They've already lost eight points, right? Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say they should have at least felt that they could get three or four um, at the bare minimum um, in that window, in their first window. Like you'd assume that you lose to the Mexico and then you play Panama, who you think you're going to win, and then probably a tie against Costa Rica and, and they only got one. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to see how I'm really interested to see how Canada plays against them in the next round. They're going to play in in Jamaica. And I think that'll be a really interesting test. If Canada goes in there, gets a win or a point, I feel pretty good about them making the the world cup um, just because on talent, that's their closest competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Honduras and Costa Rica have the experience. I just don't think in the end, they're going to be talented enough to really make a, a, a big push. So. Yeah. They're a much older squad. Although I think the Honduran or the, no, it's the El Salvadorian squad. That's, relatively young yeah they have a but, new wave coming in but el salvador isn't making no offense to them they're not making the world cup so mm. um and look how we did against them without our best player so uh and i don't yeah, think but that, really- that game could have ended either way like it, there were some times i mean we were more dominant but there were definitely some times where it could have I, I don't know i i don't they had maybe one or two chances like good chances i thought um yeah I, I wouldn't say they, well, we had way more. So, yeah. Um, we deserve the victory. Yeah. Like, and the score line wasn't, I think, was emblematic of the score of the gameplay. I don't think it was kind of a misnomer. But, yeah. anyways, my point is, I think Jamaica is going to be a really interesting team to see how they kind of put the pieces together. Um, the states have kind of been all over the place, uh, which, I mean, you'd expect them to come back next. Uh... Yeah, I think they're they're a very young team. I think this might be kind of like Canada, their most talented team ever, just with the, the amount of you know European players playing at big clubs. But um, they've been a mess so far. But kind of you know brought it all together a little bit in that second half against Honduras. So 
Um, I think Mexico is by far going to make it. I, I'm not saying they're like the craziest team or anything like that, but they've been together. You know, mm-hmm. they're talented enough. You know, they're more talented than Canada. Um, I think that's kind of the team I'd pencil in, especially even after the start that they're going to make the, the World Cup. Yeah. So Canada plays Mexico as the in the Azteca. Then they play Jamaica at home, I believe. And then they play no, away. They play, they play Jamaica in Jamaica. Okay. So in Kingston, I assume. Yeah. Um, and then it's at home against Panama. Yeah. All right. That. So what, what are we expecting from those three games? I, I'm going to say I mean, a loss to Mexico, but if we can get a point there, that'll be incredible. I think it's possible. I mean, I don't think it's likely, but I think it's, it's most, it's possible. I think definitely yeah. we can get in there and um, it'll be interesting to see who Herdman plays. Does he rest all the big boys and save them for Jamaica? Um, I feel inclined. That's probably the smarter thing to do. I don't think he's going to do that though. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna like, go for it. Yeah, I think he will, but uh, I think you have to be Panama at home. That it's like El Salvador. Um, you have to treat it as a must-win. Um, is it? No, but uh, I think the most intriguing game is that Jamaica game. Is how that looks, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because that Jamaica team's kind of been all over the place, but they have the talent to beat you, but you also have the talent to beat them. So I think that will be interesting. Is I think how they do in that game is going to be emblematic of not only how they do in the window, but how well they'll do in, and if they make the World Cup. Yeah, uh, you 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 summarized it very well there. I mean, we we can win, we can lose, but I'm going to say that they're going to. It's going to be a very tight game. I think Canada's going to end up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a tough crowd, but you know what? We're going to have to ship off some Canadians there and cheer for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not happening, but um, no, it, it'll be fun. We look forward to it. Next international break should be what? Second or third week in October. Yeah. I think it's like, like the 12th or something like the yeah. Thanksgiving weekend kind of thing. Alrighty. So I think that caps it off. Um, it was a fun time. It's good to be back. Really and- fun. Nice to talk some Canada f- football or soccer. It's been uh too too long and with the olympics and the you know the men's team doing things they've never really done before uh and obviously the women just like yeah off to the moon crazy good and exciting it's just exciting for football to you know be such a mainstay and um really gaining popularity and significance and the team's doing better in canada yeah well thank you to your listener for tuning in um it was a blast and we we are excited for the next one so till then take care